Hello and welcome to Life Beyond the Numbers, the podcast for people who are curious about how to have a more fulfilling work life. We live in a world largely driven by numbers, logic and reason. But how we feel at work and about our work impacts us, our organisations and society. There is a relationship between the numbers of our organisations and the life beyond the numbers. I'm Susan Michrielon, your host. I've lived and worked in many countries. I've met people who love what they do and people who don't. People who bring their full selves to work and people who won't. But one thing that I've learned that is common to us all is that we are all unique and have unique experiences. And it's helpful to know that there are others who think like we do, or have had struggles too, or have gone where we want to go, or can show us things we didn't know. So join me and my guests as we place a lens on the human side of work life by sharing insights, stories and strategies to inspire you to let your uniqueness shine. Today, I am delighted to welcome Karina Rook to Life Beyond the Numbers. Karina, you're so welcome. Oh, thank you so much, Ivan. I am absolutely over the moon to be here. Thank you. That's great. We are recording this in the week before Christmas. So I wonder like, what our energy levels are like at the end of this year, Karina. How are you feeling today? <laughs> Actually, they're really high. And I don't, there's no logic to that because it's been a, it's been an awful year personally for the Rook household. And, you know, and, and business has been hard. It's been a difficult year. Um, but, you know, no, there is something I can't deny it. You, know, you can't fake this kind of stuff. I feel amazing. And, you know, it is that tuning into what's important to you, the energy around, you know, who you spend your time with and all those sorts of things. Being very deliberate to look after my energy. I mean, I guess it's been a focus for a while now. And that definitely is one of the things I'll be taking into 2024. But actually, you know what? Despite it all, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with good, good to great, actually. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm very happy about my energy level right now. And, and, it, and you look like that as well. So you look, you have this relaxed aura about you too, but also very joyful. So this is great. I'm looking forward to seeing what emerges from this conversation. Yes, yes. No, you me both. As I do with all of my guests, I, ha- I research different things, but Something that like kind of blew me away a little bit, Karina, was research that you talked about in one of your blog by a guy called Harvey Coleman on Mm. career success and what it comes down to. So maybe you would talk to us a little bit about that, because I think it might blow other people's minds, too. Sure. It is always a mic drop moment when I bring it into sort of like the exec development program and actually even future leaders and, and, and with even with apprentices, which actually the right cohort to be getting this information out to at the beginning of their career. But yeah, no, uh, Harvey Coleman talks about essentially there's three factors that go into your overall career success and they are performance, image which is more like people's perception of you as opposed to what you physically look like. And then he uses the word exposure, but I've got a background in HR, so I don't go there. I call it network. But yeah, if we talk about career success, let's focus on your network, people. And, or visibility, if you prefer. And I guess 
those three things, how you perform, how people perceive you and who knows about you, possibly aren't too crazy an idea. But the bit that is the mic drop moment is the percentage or the weighting to your career success. And the bit that absolutely always floors people is that performance only accounts for 10%. Yeah, that's a hygiene factor. And then we have uh, 30% for how people perceive you or your image. And then 60% is your network. So effectively, 90% is your personal brand. And and nearly everyone that I know, know, the people that are willing to do the work, the people that are volunteering to be on development programs that I'm running, you can see the look register in their eyes that realize that all they've done is focused on their performance. When this really came home to me, I was leading a team and I had a business partner came to me and she was in tears. And and she said, I don't know what more to do, Karina. I put every hour, I cancel my leave. Or even when I'm on leave, I'm doing work for the company. I'm so committed. There's nothing I wouldn't do for, for the company, but I'm not getting any further. And, and she'd come off the back of a particular meeting in a management director level. And they hadn't taken her seriously. And you know, she didn't feel feel that she was being listened to or they didn't give her any genuine airtime, et cetera. And so she came away feeling completely dejected and like, what more can I do? And that is the perfect, sadly, that's the perfect illustration of what I'm talking about. The 10% is the performance. She would do every hour under the sun. But they didn't have the perception of the value that she was going to bring to that meeting and and they had peripheral shutdowns. It's their bad. Yeah, absolutely. That's toxic behavior. Not and clearly I dealt with that. But equally, from her perspective, that was an illustration of where a hygiene fact of how brilliant you are technically actually has less and less impact for your career success over your full career. And I talk about this to groups when I'm doing some speaking. And in the world of people and culture and comms, which is my background. It doesn't really, when you get to a certain level, and this again is another perfect illustration of how it impacts your career success, up to a certain level in, in HR, and I can imagine it's the same in every other function, you're interviewed by people like you. So up to and around, I would say roughly HR manager, HRBP, you're going to be interviewed for a role by HR director. So someone who knows you, understands you, very similar. Once you go HR director on above, you're interviewed by the board and they don't give a monkeys about how well you can create a settlement agreement or a strategy or a budget. They're not interested in that. And that's performance. That's that 10% piece. What they're interested in is that personal brand piece. I don't like to get drawn into the, oh, it's the old boys network. And I, I, I'm happy to talk to that, that there's a valid point, especially in, in my industry, which is predominantly women. And I've got a lot to help and support women in in that. But the flip side of that is if you take something a little even more, I guess, rooted to the fabric of being human, it is that we are wired to be social. But yes, it gets twisted equally if you take it in a more, I guess, more esoteric. But if you want to take the positive from that and understand it at its true core is we are wired to be together. So that doesn't help if you've got toxic behavior. Come back to that. But that is where it all comes from as well. So it does make complete sense. It it does get malused for sure. But forewarned is forearmed. Absolutely. And as you were talking, Karina, I couldn't help but think remote working. 
and mm-hmm. how much of an impact does that have on that statistic? Because whatever about being visible mm-hmm. in an office, yeah. we're invisible when yeah. we're working from home. If you're not in the room, and this is not a for or against working in yeah. the office, but I think it's more, how do I bring attention to the fact that I need to make myself visible yeah. if I am working remotely? Yeah, absolutely. Once you know this information, you've got the power back. You can take that power back. And it is, it's being really deliberate about who do you want to know about you and what do you want them to be saying about you? And then getting in that room, I'm putting inverted commas here, if that is on Zoom or being seen on LinkedIn, it's not being present for present's sake, but yeah, just be be strategic about it. You've only got so much time. So pick the places you want to be the rooms you want to go in. Working from home has its negatives and positives. The positives would be that actually now your reach is global. Yeah, and you take that for all, it's what you take it. Yes, it's it's disempowering if you don't know about it and don't know how to play the game, so to speak, but it is within all of our gifts to be able to use it to our advantage. Absolutely. Networking always has had a kind of a a bad rap as a word and which is crazy because maybe we should just call it connecting because that has such a better way of, of, of thinking about it. And that's what you're doing. You're making connections and we're wired to connect two P two things. I remember hearing many years ago when I went to some event, you know, about this and making yourself visible was it, it isn't who, you know, it's who knows you and what they think about you. And the other thing was somebody who said, if you do work remote, at the end of every week, send your boss an email with everything you achieved that week. Okay, yeah. Just so you're front of mind. And I think it's really good advice. Now, we might have moved on from emails and this was quite a while ago, but out of sight, out of mind often. And not intentionally either. But if you're not looking after yourself, no one else is going to do it for you, are they? absolutely totally and I think yeah you can't blame him for that there's oh how many literally millions of pieces of information our brain processes subconsciously and consciously in an hour let alone a day let alone a working week when everyone is busier than they've ever been absolutely it's just those little nudges that little ting 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 this is me hi how are you sort of done absolutely in the grand scheme of things doesn't take too much time for you to do that. When I talk about the, the these percentages of people, you know, and you know, just to to really nail it home is when you ask people, look around, have you ever wondered how someone got that job? Yeah, and, and everyone in the room can resonate with that sense that there's something we all I've made it a lifelong study of those years since my first role. And it's like, how did they get in that job? And yeah, and exactly it is who knows about them and what they're saying about what they their work and I think two and three the visibility exposure network whatever you want to call it and your image go hand in hand as well they influence one another so you're talking about 90 percent is tied up in you presenting yourself yeah and owning what you're worth Yes, absolutely. I could sing this from the rooftops. And this is the empowering piece. I talk about we're one in 400 trillion. The fact that we are here as the person we are was against all odds, literally. So so go to town on that. And you've got your own special gifts. There are things that you can do that no one else can do in the world the same way you do it. 
that's magic just leaning into that don't be afraid you know, don't feel the conformity because that's what becomes bland and or and burnout it's swimming against the tide of what you're not here to be doing and that takes energy so being a hundred percent you that authenticity piece and owning it and this is me and it's going to be a good day kind of approach is so empowering and, and that's magnetic because we're wired so I talk a lot about we're wired to see the inauthenticity or the potential threat something doesn't add up when we talk about oh, I just don't get them or there's something off with that person or yeah I'm not sure about them what we're actually talking about is we're not getting the energy and there's something not aligning and that's an element of inauthenticity right there if you're taking it from a career leadership perspective you want people to buy into you and they're only going to do that yeah, unabridged if you give yourself unabridged and, and yeah just go for it you're a beautiful human being the world needs you as you are and with all the bells and whistles don't be put off by those percentages that's complete leverage for you it is and when it comes to it, your performance is only 10 percent so. yeah, exactly <laughs> exactly yeah I was... <laughs> so actually go home on time and do all of those things as well don't yeah. kill yourself yeah um, yeah you can't ever say whether it's women that are more this or men that are more that in one way because we don't really know and everyone is different but I do think women tend to work more in the background and are less visible we just want to sure. get things done we want to get things done and and move on and get to the next thing and so on and yeah. that works against us then if nobody's looking at our performance absolutely absolutely and you can take that back to the days of the cave you know, we would be collectively, and this is where, you know, again, your point of networking, let's not call it that, let's call it connection. That's actually being very generalist about it, I appreciate it, but that's a, a female superpower. Yeah, and it, you can bring in emotional intelligence there. Back in the day, alpha males out doing their hunting bit, getting the food. We were collectively um, back at the cave and we would be looking after the entire groups children so if your child had fallen over and it was I was closest I would pick your child up and make sure your child's okay because I knew you would do the same for me that's how that survival thing happens so it's so innate in us women that behind the scenes just making it happen keeping things on an even keel no drama just task focus get on with it do it kind of approach but that connection and emotional intelligence and where someone might not be feeling at their best that those are all wonderful networking skills so yeah let's not call it that let's call it connection because it's a superpower mm. which brings me to freedom to be human because in a way that's exactly what you're talking about yeah. here yeah absolutely it's one of my values along with and they inter they do interrelate so that focusing on the whole and so the two of the four and that freedom to be human when I was oh, I don't know I had my my moment my epiphany I don't know 2018 2019 and so all my career I've been working at either ends of a spectrum either taking teams individuals organizations to their highest performance so whatever that looks like in terms of revenue growth business growth etc blah blah and or helping people get back to work after being poorly you know, that that kind of approach and the inclusivity and the employee experience piece 
and I had this, you know, this, this epiphany where actually what I'm talking about on either end of the spectrum is the same thing. It's about helping people be at their best. And we are always at our best when we have freedom to be human. And what I mean by that is when we remember or lean into what, what makes us human, oh my gosh, A, that's octane for our performance. And it's so much easier. So freedom to be human is everything about not trying to be a robot, not trying to do um, things that we're not wired to do, lean into what makes us tick. And at that point, oh, life is so much easier. And you, you, the, the, the fear response, and I could talk about this for days, you know, but the fear response in terms of the ego piece, um, procrastination, fear of failure, the trauma piece comes into that and stress response. So when you're dealing in the workplace, I would be dealing with that through an out and or more serious illnesses. At the end of the day, World Health Organization tells us that stress is the endemic. Um, It leads to practically everything that's really bad for us in terms of disease. So I was obviously dealing a lot with that um, and trying to understand the data behind it and the analytics and doing the predictive and prescriptive piece. And we could see in one of the organizations I was working with, is that anyone who had a mental health absence, A, it was longer over the number of days. So maybe not the one episode, but this is a little bit people geeky now, but mm-hmm. they would have an average of 12 days throughout the year. Also, though, the shocking thing was 84% likely to not be with the organization in the following year for whatever reason. And when you map that, so another piece of my analytics was to understand the cost of hiring and retention and, and, and all of that. Actually, it costs, even if you just take Oxford Economics, very basic, 30, 30K, just over 30K per rehire. We're talking millions in retention issues. So it's a lot of money. But beyond that, it's people's lives. You know, it's brothers, sisters, wives, husbands, children, best friends, etc. And so you realize that one in four people suffer from stress or mental health illnesses. Stress is the contributing factor to nearly everything that's really bad for us. And so, but stress is, is a symptom of you know, the fear response and stress response are interrelated. And we don't talk enough about what it takes. And, and the freedom to be human is the way that we mitigate our stress response. Most people are aware of, you know, like that the cortisol and the adrenaline piece. Yeah, everyone knows about freeze, fight or flight, maybe fawn as well, if you want to put that in the mix. But there's a second phase that no one talks about. And, and, and this is where it all came together for me. So it's a bit of a rabbit hole, sorry, but this I will get back to the point, I promise. But it, it, the freedom to human piece is that if you imagine that our stress response back in the day is there to keep us alive is from risk of risk of not being on the planet any longer but what triggers that today is the ambiguity the unknown the feeling of not being in control all things that we can completely appreciate in the workplace we might not feel we're actually going to have the, the the fight with the proverbial cave lion in the workplace but the same things are triggering the same physiological response so when you have the same thing triggering, we have the same response. And you talk, and I love this, again, on the programmes with um, the cohorts. None of us have, I've not come across anyone yet, who has run from a cave lion, okay, or fought the cave lion. But we we imagine, it doesn't need a mindfulness session. I don't need any major, just imagine it. Everyone could do it. And I ask people, right, so you've, you've run the fastest you've ever run, or you've 
fought with this biggest lion you've ever come across and you won lion nil you get back to the cave you shut the cave door i know there wasn't a cave door but it helps with the imagery you get back to the cave door and then what happens so that situation has not happened to anyone in the room but everyone can talk through what would they would go through and it would be things like they feel exhausted they feel relieved that euphoria that they're the ones still alive they'd have a hug with whoever was next to them and then they would probably have a feast around the fire and by the end of the night it was five lions not one as they retold the story and 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 then they would sleep a lot okay and so all of those things I call that phase two and it's of the stress response and what happens in the workplace yes there isn't a cave lion true but we can have really difficult days, so much to do, a lot of other stuff going on in our lives. And we just go from the running or the fighting the lion to another running or fighting the lion. We don't get the back at the cave and that phase two piece. We never get it out of our system. And that's what's the damage. And, and to answer your point about the freedom to be human, having a hug from someone, making sure you've got your sleep, enjoying some social feedback and retelling the story. Stories are immense, wired for those. All of that is what it means to be human, because as far as I'm aware, no other animals tell the story and have the hugs, etc. Yeah, they're, they're equivalent. But remember, just being what it is to be human is our primary way of mitigating the stress response. And if you take that into the work environment, then... How are you helping people with the recovery? How are you helping people celebrate a win after you've had a difficult campaign or you've had to be covering for a colleague for a, for a while or you're having to deal with a pandemic or you're having to deal with understanding what furlough is or all these sorts of things that we've had to go to cyber attacks, cost of living crisis, they're mounting. And, but we don't spend enough time as an organisation, as teams, really working through the recovery piece back at the cave. The beautiful thing about that is it costs nothing. It's so simple. Again, that's another glory of freedom to be human because most of what we're talking about costs absolutely nothing other than the remembering to have the intent. It's literally the energy to remember to do it. It doesn't cost anything. That's really fascinating, Karina. And what I was thinking is when you take it into an organization, when you take it at scale, is that you have people on that spectrum where some are entering into the first day they run from the lion. Some mm -hmm. are on their 30th day of running from the lion and yeah. they don't line up. And I yeah. think that can be part of the problem. And some people's lions are just nice and calm and fluffy and they're more like cats and others are, yeah. you know. Yeah. So that's the other thing is that every single person's experience is their experience and it's yeah. different and then I think that's the challenge for an organization because they want to take a one-size-fits-all approach which completely mm. undermines the freedom to be human yeah absolutely I, the, the best practice isn't the same practice it has it can't be it absolutely can't be and it, there's no getting away from knowing your people yeah understanding the individuals and and the team and then adapting and actually in the long run that's easier because if you're just in trying to put everyone in one lane and just doing the one you're just losing people and the engagement's not there the experience the performance will not be there fact ultimately you can might be able to go through 
a short sprint, but you're never going to be able to to do the endurance piece, that mindset. So yeah, freedom to be human and, and that absolutely is a nod to the fact that we're individual. So what is the opposite of freedom to be human? <laughs> I keep yeah. wondering that. Is it denying humanity? Do you have an opposite, a tension, Karina, that you hold? Yeah, no, I I, I think it is, it, yeah, I, I guess denial is a helpful word. It's that, that, that trying to be robotic, it's trying to be dehumanising, whatever that looks like. So losing individuality, ignoring intuition, ignoring all the data points, not having emotional intelligence. It's all of those things. And ignoring all of the data points that we've got, because even like you, you could link that into um, natural cycles and the environment, but it's becoming disconnected. It's a disconnect. And I think uh, connection is the, is the word of, of the um, <laughs> the conversation, I guess. But yeah, I talk about you know, if we're going to combat burnout, if we're going to help people to perform at the best, they have to connect to their self to you know their destiny to their tribe and to their environment and so when you've got a disconnect that's probably the the neatest most efficient way of saying you that you're not having freedom to be human and how, how does it start you can in a way answer that from your own experience as well but let's just say we start work with every intention of doing our best um and yet there's some sort of maybe the system is is completely broken in itself, but there's the organizational piece, the culture, but there's also the individuals and my personal responsibility to myself to maintain my own freedom to be human. What makes me compromise that? Yeah, I I think in, in my personal sort of experience of of working with teams. It's the, and this isn't with a judgment, it's the inauthenticity or the, or the lack of alignment that happens. Yes, life can be really hard. And so sometimes taking a role literally for the paycheck is the right thing to do at that time. And you, know, you can't, there, there will be people, potentially that your listeners, that they may have someone in that situation on their team. So, it's, so there's no judgment with that. And then there's also the, I think as time goes by, you know, there is an awful lot of other things going on for people. So sometimes that focus at work is not 100% where they're actually there. And again, clearly no judgment with that. But I guess then it is understanding those different scenarios, the different profiles of the people that you have, the, the, the general where they are, their drive, and it's their connection or their alignment to what you're trying to achieve. And, and in fact, I was talking to a potential client yesterday about this very thing and it was how you use your selection process to really drill into and understand someone's purpose and passion over competency so I'm a huge fan this might be controversial I'm a huge fan of not or at least limiting the weighting of competency interview questions in a selection process understanding what influenced someone, how they grew up and, and, and what turned their head as a teenager or what, when things have gone wrong, how do they come back from that or why do they still do what they do even though it might not be easy? Those sorts of questions, understanding a person at that point of selection is hugely helpful in at least getting to a, a, a team where you know you can appreciate that people have got different things going on for them. 
But when you have got that, the closer you can get to alignment and, and maybe 100% alignment is utopia. I'm always up for that, by the way. I know, I know, you know, you can go for it. I would encourage people to go for it. But yeah, it's that standing that sweet spot of having people aligned to what everyone is trying to achieve. There is real magic that comes from greater than some of the parts kind of concept when you've got every player in that mix wanting to be there, feeling they can be 100% themselves and then going to town on whatever that delivery looks like. It's psychological safety, it's involvement, it's inclusion, but it is it's that contribution that comes from when people feel that they're able to be themselves, that they understand what they're there to do and want to do it and want to do it in the same way that's pulling everything together. Obviously the same way you might want difference and diversity in it, but it, the end goal is the same. Um, you know, not, not necessarily the exact way people get to it. That, that might not be helpful but yeah it's alignment I think one of my guests described it as pixie dust um, okay yeah oh, yeah I love that I love that yeah she was in an organization where everything just seemed to work really well and yeah she oh. said it was magic she was almost afraid to talk about it in case the bubble burst yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh no, I, I love that and it, yeah pixie dust does yeah yeah <laughs> But that speaks to one of your values, which is stardust. Yes, we are all made of stardust. Yes, the number three on my values. It's got several flavors to it. So absolutely, it's an oddity. We are connected to something, even again, the connection. We're connected to something even bigger, that cosmos concept. That's, and I think we have an entitlement to shine our brightest. Yeah, And how I help people do that, you're living your most vibrant radiant life is your entitlement and if and if you know society has told you anything otherwise or life is just on top of you then not on my watch you know that's what I help my clients do that's what we're going to work on and so yeah so that we're all made of starters something in all of us that is worthy and necessary to shine you're here for a reason one in 400 trillion that little speck of stardust that started you all off yeah and is it possible then, Karina, to have it all, to shine and to feel that sense of freedom to be human and that holistic approach to success? Yeah, like, can I think you, yeah. I'm, like, I'm, I, even I'm leaning into this. <laughs> <laughs> and I shouldn't say even I, but you know, you've got me going here. I'm going, <laughs> I'm going to have to do something now. <laughs> uh, yeah, and absolutely. It's all within all of us. People uh, come at it at different points, even if it's just resilience, boosting resilience. And there's a um, a lovely article of some, someone I, I, I really respect and work, work collaborated with a few times times dr dorian dugmore and he he had an article out the other day which is very titled very simply resilience equals results this is like a formula and it and it takes it's kind of similar to what i've been talking about now how do you build that resilience back and or you know i said and go the whole other thing. you absolutely shining like the superstar that you are it's all that stardust coming together and, and living your most vibrant life how people can get their vibrancy back that radiance it is First and foremost, listening to what actually lights them up, because we all know that, but it might be the quietest voice that you hear out of an orchestra of other voices in our own minds. And you know, all the ones that try tell us to play it safe or don't be so silly, you can't do that. You've had a career of so many years now, of course, you cannot go and do that thing that you're that you're telling me you want to do. But the thing is, that is the Thing that's going to light you up 
and uh, yeah so the difficult part is how you then bridge from where you currently are to to getting to that point but the the other parts of the mix then of course is having that self-awareness of what the lighting up thing is more it can be related to purpose it's like the environment you need to be in or the things that you're doing or the people you spend time with or even what do you spend your time talking and thinking about just do more of that to start with it doesn't have to be the biggest career change you know and, and all and everything that goes with that but just start small and just listen more and more to that voice that tells you to do more of what actually brings you joy because by definition that is going to make you sparkle more than doing the things that doesn't and then it is that piece of self-leadership you know we have a concept on one of our programs called nine to thrive which goes back to basics and freedom to human about the sleep and rest and recovery giving yourself ample time to do something creative which is different for everyone i am not a crafter much to my mother's complete dismay she's she is mrs wi and and i I can, I can bake a cake all right so I guess that's not but not I can't do jam but uh, yeah we can do cake oh, but I can't do crafts but the creativity the, the kind of coloring or, or just thinking differently or, or reading a book and letting the imagination go that's creative for me or it could be you know just dancing around the kitchen you know or, or what creativity is different for all of us whatever it means to you do more of that and you know and, and the rest and recovery thing that also looks different for everyone so for some people, it's very passive. It's completely just vegging out on the sofa watching TV. And then others, it could be a a walk. It could even be a, quite a substantial walk out in nature. So yeah, the, the, the rest thing is different for everyone, but it's whatever refuels your energy. And I think the thing is that where people don't feel their sparkle is there, they don't feel that they've got that energy and vibrancy is because they haven't spent enough time on the rest and recovery. And what I found, and I am on a mission to change this, is that because because it sounds so simple and doesn't require any pharmaceutical drugs. It doesn't require a course. It doesn't require a special clothing. <laughs> no, not exactly any of the above. You don't need a qualification. We kind of let it bypass us. But truly, truly, truly focus on getting enough sleep. Focus on rest and recovery. Focus on creativity. Focus on social. And even the most introverted person that you know we're still wired to be connected. You know, our, our immune system switches off if we feel lonely. So being social is relative for each of us. But if any one of us has that dip to any degree, we will feel it in potentially the most um, impactful and, and negative way. So yeah, some of the five people we spend the most, when you look at the Blue Zones work, actually... Where we've got really embedded social structures, and especially for the elderly, Western civilization is not great at this compared to Eastern. Elderly are left more alone, are more isolated, and that impacts longevity. Whereas when you look at the blue zones where people do live longer, that, that society fabric is stronger for longer with more people involved. So those are just the very simplest things to don't require that big brave leap of faith to change careers etc but that would definitely get you on the road to finding that more of your vibrancy um, and then it all adds up and and ultimately finding your purpose and you know it's in in good to great Jim C. collins book that there'll be something that you can do better than anyone else can do in the world 
be the way that you're back to where we started with your brand, so to speak. What is it that you can do that has some kind of economic value, which might be sort of charitable social value piece? It doesn't actually have to be a pound sign, but whatever that is, some kind of exchange. And that that you absolutely enjoy. And that's that's the real route to, to finding what's going to light you up. But yeah, let's start listening to that voice because it's there. Convention and society tells us to to dampen that voice down. Our intuition is, the way we know our intelligence isn't just cognitive. And again, that's a, an absolute nod to freedom to be human and focusing on the whole. It's We, we know more than just what our logical brain tells us. And I think reflecting on your life for incidences where that came true, where you realize that you made a decision based on your gut or there was someone you stayed away from because you felt they were unsafe, whatever, those kind of things. If you can bring attention to them, you can start to see how your intuition works and it's data. Things aren't always right. Yeah. yeah. But, but when you can put them together, you can examine them. And, yeah. and I think once your heart knows that you're listening or your gut or your intuition, then they come to the fore more as well yeah. and start to quieten the other. The orchestra, I was thinking, an yeah. orchestra is way too kind. <laughs> <laughs> it's more like the worst music in the world. <laughs> You want to be able to hear the orchestra. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you want to be the conductor, I think. Yeah. And and often we're not. The orchestra is playing itself. That's not living your best life. No, no. And I think, you know, that what's the phrase? What you tolerate, you perpetuate. I think that's beyond sad. I could get on my soapbox quite literally. Don't settle for that mediocrity. Everyone is worth so much more than that. Every human has more to that. I don't know who this quote is, and I'm not going to get it right, but it's along the lines of there's no mistake in you. And life is destined to be successful. And that's so true. That's the definition. That's why we're here, how we continue to be here, that involvement piece and enlightenment and just growth and success. That's all part of it. Yes, you can get different definitions of success and failure, of course. But actually, freedom to be human is to be successful. That's the original blueprint. And then things get in the way or we stop listening to the intuition, intuition and etc and and that's when it starts to unravel but yeah just leaning into in a way when you think about it Karina just being born is successful so you're successful having come onto the planet at all and then after that everything's a bonus (laughs) so go and just live (laughs) yeah yeah you know it really is and I think people can really just feel comfortable in their own skin that's probably what I'd ask for the whole of humankind really is to feel that and that heart-centered peace and listening to that and that compassion and having love as a default setting is always going to stand anyone and everything in in a greater stead and there is no reason why it shouldn't be Mm. logical or otherwise why would that not be the the default setting so I think yeah, yes, you know, different structures and conventions and conformity get in the way. But actually what really matters most, and I know of the research, I don't have the, the detail, the numbers, what people talk about, you know, in their last moments, you know, there was some research done by doctors that work with people in hospices. And 
yeah, it's never any of that working extra or all of those things that actually get in the way. Even I thought like last weekend, I went to Dublin to meet up with women that I trained with in Deloitte. We haven't worked together since 99, 2000, Mm -hmm. that time. And there were nine of us that started in our intake together and seven of us managed to make the lunch. Two of them couldn't make it. And it's interesting. I mean, we had this amazing conversation about everything going on in all of our lives. I don't think we talked about work once. I don't even think it came <laughs> yeah. into it. Like, yeah. And people have big jobs in inverted commas mm-hmm. and, you know, careers mm-hmm. that are very successful. But it was about parents, kids, mm-hmm. holidays, all of the stuff that goes on in our lives, partners and things like that. And, and laughter, filled with yeah. laughter. Yeah. Yeah. And absolutely. And I, I yeah, I think, oh, yeah, more of that for everyone, really. Um, because that actually is what sets us apart, gives us that edge, um, refuels us, helps us continue, helps us be better, helps us feel better. Yeah, you know, my five-year-old knows if he feels better, he's going to do better. You know? <laughs> We know this from a really early age. And if we're going to treat people better at work, they will do better. Absolutely. And that just comes back to that feeling, that contribution piece, feeling valued, feeling heard, feeling that they've got something worthwhile. If if they know someone's going to listen, it doesn't mean that everything has to take, everything has to happen. But the fact that it's genuinely listened to and considered in, in the fullness of that, then that's all we want that's all we need and I think even when we know that that's going to be the case we're less likely to bring stuff up so there's also once the atmosphere is there that you know you're supported and you can voice whatever actually you tend to get on with stuff it's when the the atmosphere is heavy and you can't cope and you've nowhere to go with that yeah that's what then I think diminishes that freedom to be human holy holy there's so much research and then there's everyone's experience listening to this everyone will have an experience of hopefully the good and probably the bad several times around the sun in the workplace we will have all experienced that and yeah and again it's the absolute beauty of it that it costs nothing to listen to someone seriously that you don't need a budget for that there we're going to end with the budget that's that's it it kills the conversation <laughs> this is life beyond the numbers Karina it is and absolutely tells you everything you want to know that people will absolutely excel when you don't even actually have to, to pay out for anything other than just giving someone the time of day and you also host a podcast Karina as well so maybe you tell us a little bit about your podcast. Yeah, I do. Thank you. So Freedom to be Human is the name of my podcast. We've had a little bit of a break on the run up to, to Christmas. There's been some some changes of fit at headquarters, but all, all exciting. And yeah, we're back in full swing in the new year. And yeah, so Freedom to be Human it is what we've been talking about. How do you feel and experience it? And and in its you know vast array, you know, we've... I said I talk about it for literally hours, but it's how it helps people shine and, and live that, find that freedom genuinely in their life and that sense of fulfillment, that self sense of self-actualization because, yeah, let, let, why not? Let's do that. I want everyone to feel that that feeling. 
I don't think it could be said enough. I don't, this is something that needs to be on repeat, on repeat, on repeat, and not just repeat, but we need to hear it because we need to hear it enough to believe it. And that's how we make change in the world. Enough people talking about it. So Karina, if, if somebody would like to connect with you after this conversation and know more about you and what you do, what's the best way of going about that? Best way to do that is either through LinkedIn, which is as Karina Rick, and Instagram as Ventures Green and very brand new drumroll, the Celestial Coach code. I'll send you the details if you want to put them in show notes. But yes, so definitely LinkedIn and Ventures Green on Instagram. The Celestial Coach. Ah, I can't believe we brought that up right at the end of the conversation. You might just have to come back and talk about that one again. (laughs) So, Karina, thank you so much for your time today. I really enjoyed that conversation and I could talk for hours as well. So we could have gone for the rest of the day on this topic easily. So thank you for coming along. And I think we'll do this again. I think we must absolutely must. And you must come and speak to on Freedom of Human when your book is in full promo because the world needs to know about that too. Oh, so I yes, will. yes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get that in the diary. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Karina. Absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the paths we traversed on today's episode. If something rang through for you, be sure to let me know. Or maybe you can share this with someone in your life who would benefit from listening too. And if you enjoy helping others, I'd be so grateful if you would leave a review so that people who might also be curious about their own life beyond the numbers can discover this podcast too.